welcome. Legally Brief presents the Child Athlete Abuse Podcast. I'm your host, Judy Saunders. I'm a lawyer, mother, and survivor. I work with competitive athletes and their families who are confronting abusive coaches. This podcast is for parents and athletes who are fed up, dealing with fear, and searching for answers. While I hope you enjoy listening to this podcast, the contents are never a substitute for contacting and speaking directly with a licensed attorney who knows and understands your circumstances. Past episodes of the show can be found on my website, jsaunderslawfirm.com. And when you visit the website, have a look around. I've put lots of information there for you that will help answer your questions and will provide some options for you. Don't forget to subscribe to our monthly newsletter. If you're ready to speak confidentially with an attorney, please feel free to call me. You can reach me at 212-709-8141. And if anything in this show resonates with you, if you think it could be helpful to a parent, an athlete, a friend, share the episode. And don't forget to do two other things. Subscribe to the show. Also, leave a rating and a review. I read all of your reviews. All right, let's talk. I'm glad you're here and ready to listen. To look away or continue to play, that's often the dilemma of coaching staff, assistant coaches, trainers, and others who are working with what athletes and what even they may be considered to be an abusive coach. This may be a coach who heads up the program and athletes are complaining about amongst themselves and even to you, the assistant coach. Maybe you're a trainer who's personally witnessed verbal abuse. You've witnessed teammates being humiliated. It makes you cringe. It makes you uncomfortable. It makes you sometimes maybe not even want to come to work. But what do you do? Do you look away or do you continue to be involved, continue to let the play go on? So many times your job, you may be early in your career as assistant coach. You may be fresh off of the field or the gym yourself, having just obtained the position. And speaking out could very well amount to what you perceive to be career suicide. You need this new job. You need the references. You need the recommendation of the coach. Maybe working with this coach who is respected on in the athletic community is seen as a huge boost in your career. And you were planning on this step up to get you where you need to go. Maybe also in your own experience, in athletics, you've endured abusive coaching practices. And this in and of itself is just another scenario where athletes need to push through. Don't take it personally, even. You yourself may have gone through the school and been initiated, quote unquote, you know, hazed into the world of athletics with tough coaching. And, you know, it it may come on that line where there's not anything directly physical that you're witnessing. Maybe it strictly stays along the lines of verbal and psychological abuse. You know, it hasn't crossed the line with anything just outrageous and that would cause news headlines such as sexual abuse. So you're stuck in that constant frustration of what should you do? You don't like what's going on. And what does it mean even to do anything? What do you do? What are your options? Do you approach the coach 
as a young assistant or someone with less stature and responsibilities? Do you walk up to them and say, you know what, I don't like the way you're treating the team? You know that by doing that, you not only get laughed at, but you may get isolated and removed from your job. So you don't really know what are your what are your options? You may think that if you just lay low, kind of be a solace, be the good cop, so to speak, in that concept of good cop, bad cop, letting the coach go on their rants, letting them be characterized as the hothead, the person who is verbally and emotionally abusive, but you yourself within your own corner, you be the good person, you be the good cop, so to speak, soothing the athletes, telling them it's okay. Maybe that's the role you take on. You could have heard of the term called mandated reporter, and you don't know if there's anything that's gone on that would trigger that. Mandated reporters is defined generally as a person who has frequent contact with children. And because of that contact, you have probably the earliest opportunity to help a child that's being abused or neglected get support or intervention. For examples of mandated reporters are doctors or nurses, teachers, police officers, or if you work with children in a daycare. So you're saying to yourself, well, I'm a trainer. I'm a coach. I really don't fall in line with a doctor or a a teacher. But are you seeing abuse? Are you seeing patterns of abuse that you know instinctly is wrong, while you may not fall under that concept of mandated reporters, are you someone who has that early opportunity to allow for intervention, to allow for abuse to stop? It's not necessarily always You don't always have to act under the code or color of a definition if you know that you should do something to end abuse. Abuse of a child. And when we say a child, you may say to yourself, ha, that's another out because I'm a college trainer. I'm a college assistant coach. And these aren't, they're not really children, are they? They're 16, they're 17 year olds. They know how to speak up and advocate for themselves. If they're not going to tell the coach to stop, why should I risk my reputation? Why should I step in and frustrate my career path? Well, a child we know is anyone under the age of 17, some states, well, rather 18. And if an individual is directly involved in a situation of abuse, be it bullying by a coach or a teammate, it is that outside intervention that makes all of the difference to allow that person a breather, allow the target of that abuse, the ability to get distance and the ability to get help. Abuse can be a number of things. It could be abuse can happen when you permit a child to be either physically abused, verbally abused, psychologically abused. It could be something as common as being gaslighted, blaming the child for their own abuse. What that would look like is an instance where is the child or the athlete is being yelled at and publicly humiliated. And then the coach would say, it's because of you. What you're doing is causing me to act like this, is causing me to yell at you. If you had only done a B or C. If you'd only done this skill, then this wouldn't have happened. So that's also a form of abuse. You can also have abuse that shows up in the form of if the child is injured and being returned back to the field or back to the gym before that injury is healed. That's another form of abuse where you would need to speak up and intervene on behalf of that athlete. If the child is fatigued, if there's some type of mental and physical strain, that is another sense that you need to step in as an assistant coach, as someone on the coaching staff if you see something is happening. Maybe it's coming in the form of neglect where you're seeing that the athletes are not receiving proper nutrition or their diets are being restricted and you yourself believe that this is not right. That's an opportunity for you to step up. An abused child generally
generally under the law, the definition is anyone under the age of 18 whose parent, guardian, or another person who has custody and control if they inflict or they allow physical injury to that child. The injury could be substantial. It could be serious. Maybe it's just protracted suffering. Maybe it's an impairment to their emotional health. That's also abusing a child. What can also be considered is if an individual creates a situation or facilitates an ongoing circumstance where the child could encounter physical injury. That's also abuse. So you can see that abuse comes in many forms. The law also looks at the mental and emotional condition of a child and says that a parent or guardian or another person, another person could be a coach or a teacher that has that custody and control over that child, that they could also create circumstances where there's emotional abuse. So you want to think about what type of harm is being inflicted. It could be anything from, it could even be restraining a child or not letting the child leave a certain area, a certain a certain situation, that also can be considered abuse. I know so many times from interviewing a number of different individuals, be it a person that's complaining that they were injured, it could be expert in a case that I'm working on, it could be an eyewitness, an ear witness. And so many times we have the natural human tendency to want to explain away when we didn't act according to to what we knew to be right at the time. When we want to explain away, when we knew that there was wrongdoing either directly happening in front of us or we knew of it. The one thing that I don't ever want to do is cast blame or make anyone feel shameful for not intervening or acting. Because I do know with because of maturity and because of working in this area, I do know that there's things are never, ever cut and dry. There's always so many factors that play into how a story develops, how a case develops, why someone may not have felt that they could act or intervene. But what I am saying is that today, that this is an opportunity and a reminder to the supporting staffs in in athletic departments, to assistant coaches, to even referees out there or trainers, that you yourself also, you know that you have a more moral responsibility. Forget the law. Take the law out of it, the definitions, the general definitions as to an abused child or mandatory reporter. Take that out of it and think of your moral duty and obligation on to act on behalf of a child, a child who may, who in the situation with a coach in an athletic setting, there is always going to be that inherent imbalancement of power between coach and athlete. It's built in and we recognize that. And that is fine as long as that imbalance and power is not being abused by the individual in authority. And so many times we bystanders, depending on our role, assistant coach, you have an opportunity to recalibrate the imbalancement of power by saying something, by speaking out if things are wrong. There was a case that I worked on where an assistant coach for so long had witnessed athletes being abused. This coach, when she started working with the athletes and with the coach, was very new, had spent time herself 
working in the sport, but did not feel that she had the right to speak out. And in fact, she herself was very terrified by the coach. She felt that if she brought things to the coach's attention, that there would be retaliation and backlash. It was a small community of reputable gyms, and she felt that she would never really be able to get her footing and work if she spoke out against this coach. What happened in that situation is that after working there for months, going into years, the assistant coach became physically ill from watching the children be abused, watching and going against what she felt to be what was morally right and correct for not acting, for not speaking up. She remedied this by finally making a report to the governing bodies and to the athletic associations. But that was only after several years of watching the physical and emotional abuse take place. So it had a toll on her mental and her psychological well-being by watching this. And there were so many regrets, there were so many wishes that she wanted to do, but did feel empowered to do. So coaches, supporting staff, even parents who aren't directly related, maybe it's not your child. Maybe it's you're an older teammate or more advanced teammate and you're seeing this happen and you're not necessarily the target because you have some, maybe you're more advanced and the coaches don't treat you like that. I'm speaking to you also. When there's an opportunity, and we all need to remind ourselves of this, while I'm talking to you, I'm reminding myself of my duty to speak out and say something when things are wrong. When I see an imbalancement of power and individuals are taking advantage of it to the detriment and to the harm of someone else. So as I talk to you, I speak to myself because it does take courage to do that. It takes incredible courage to become involved in a situation where you're not necessarily immediately targeted. But as I was saying in that one example, you are involved because watching violence, watching what's wrong, watching something happen to someone else ultimately does impact you. It impacts us all. So we're going to speak out, we're going to say something, and we're going to bring back into balance any negative imbalancements of power that we see. Regardless of legal definitions, we're going to do what's morally right. So that's what I have to say to you, my assistant coaches, everyone out there trying to keep the youth competitive athletics safe trying to keep it positive and letting everyone have a great experience. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. I want you to be well, and I enjoyed speaking with you. All information and content in this podcast is provided for entertainment purposes only. Nothing in this podcast shall constitute legal advice and shall not create an attorney-client relationship. This information is general and may not be applicable to your particular circumstances. You should review your particular circumstances with an attorney. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this podcast is hereby expressly disclaimed.